0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com.
1: So we're Ruben's Burger Bistro, Just Like Butter, with uh, Michael Robson. We finally got some snow. Well, not not really that much. Cyclophest
2: yeah, that, weather that, yet? that snow really wasn't worth uh, discussing. It, <laughs> we actually didn't get anything at our house.
1: What? Yeah. Turned like there was some magical line where the storm turned. I hear they got dumped on in South Denver.
2: Oh yeah, a guy came to our house today and he said he was he had driven from Thornton, a, a contractor guy, and uh he he had a big pile of snow on top of his car. So yeah, we we just didn't get it. This is getting to be truly disappointing.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm ready for the white <laughs> I was, stuff I was ready for the the blizzard <laughs> that was threatened. Speaking of
2: blizzards,
1: uh what happened at lunch
2: today? Oh yeah, I had a blizzard in my stomach. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this before we started. Um, yeah, I had a had a late business meeting and had had a big lunch and then had to jump straight on my bike after that and took off and my stomach got pretty upset. So I'm just still recovering from that even now.
1: <laughs> I, I'm glad we're sitting so Ooh, close uh, yeah. to each other. Yeah. Okay.
2: I, I nearly needed the little uh, the little white bag that you get on the airplane. I nearly needed one of those on my bike. <laughs>
1: And speaking of things you need, our topic for tonight, race day.
2: Yeah, um, specific to cyclocross. Oh yeah, I mean for now, for sure. Um, um, getting you know, being organised for race days is, is uh, it, it's just yet another one of one of those sort of super important factors from cross, um, and it's very very specific to cross because you typically have conditions. You have you know you have snow or ice or cold or. All, you know all these different um, weather conditions and all these different factors, and when you turn up for a cross race, you kind of have to be prepared. And uh, you, to an extent, you can sort of get—you you, know—you can get sucked into a bit of a fantasy land because you watch the—you uh, know—you watch the European pros racing the, Sven, the Isis and the, the Arts and um, they have—you know—they've obviously got a team and they—they they have people washing their bikes for them and everything's prepared and ready. And and if they you know if they're in a muddy race and their their bike gets dirty heaven forbid they can just pull into the pits and grab a fresh one and the the reality of local racing is actually very very different from that you have to work out oftentimes you don't have anyone pitting for you and you don't have anyone helping you and you've got to work out how to make one bike or if you're lucky two bikes survive a whole race and um you know there's there's just a lot of different elements to play into that
1: how soon do you recommend people start getting ready do you make a list and uh, and really put this together at the beginning of the season and take it to every event I mean I I put on events and I can't tell you how many times people show up without their shoes without a helmet
2: oh, I mean yeah. it,
1: it's and it, I feel terrible for them
2: well yeah and, and once again with cross you have so much equipment you know you'll you typically have a couple of bikes and maybe you know if you once again if you're lucky you'll have you know, a selection of wheels and, and different equipment and different, different materials for when you get to the race. So, you know, at the beginning of the cross season, I will typically try and prepare all my stuff and, and I'll have, I have systems that, that help me to, to remember everything I need. You know, I've got bags with equipment in them and boxes with equipment in them and they're, they're, all, um, they're all sort of strategically placed. So, you know, typically on Friday afternoon, I'll get, I'll get all my gear ready, get ready to race, for Saturday morning or Sunday, it's end or Sunday, and um, have all have all my ducks in a row, bikes cleaned, everything prepared and ready to go. Um, I actually did a story on Vela News, uh, uh, that posted on Vela News a while back. Let's look. It was uh, I was actually October last year, and we'll put a link to it on the on the um, Acast site today. Um, and it it goes through. Um, it's a it's a box that I have. It's just a crappy old file box. But in it is everything I could possibly need for sort of most eventualities in a race, and so it's sort of the it's the preparation box. So I have um, you know I have spares and equipment and lubes and all sorts sorts of different sprays and potions, and then um, I will obviously bring a separate toolbox. But you know you turn up for your, you turn up to the race with your bikes, you know perfectly washed and perfectly tuned and dialed and ready to go, and then. The stuff that you carry with you to a race is things that just can man- can um, help you to manage contingencies. So you know, if you're in a really muddy race, the, the likelihood of ripping off a derailleur and, and breaking a derailleur hanger, it, that, that is pretty high. And if you do that in practice, you need to have a spare derailleur hanger on you. Like I, you know, even with my juniors and everybody I talk to about cross, I, I absolutely recommend that, that you always carry a spare derailleur hanger on you. I mean, that's something that's actually pretty common to break. On a cross bike, and it's a it's a ninety second fix if you have it, but if you don't have it, you're screwed. Then you're out, absolutely. Or I guess you're running the entire <laughs> yeah. way. Ahead. Well, yeah, or maybe just running to the pit. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like in, in local races, especially if you have a, a, a muddy local race, you need to you need to set up your bikes um, so that you hopefully the, the first bike that you start on will last at least most of the race and if it gets you know really disgusting and packed up towards the end of the race you'll finally pit and you'll go into the pit and grab your grab your other bike and and then try and make it last for the rest of the race but um you know typically for a muddy or a snowy race you like i would spray down my derailleurs like my, my front and rear derailleur um the rear cassette rear derailleur and front chain rings just hose them down with with lube you know my one of my favorite potions is is just Triflow flow in a can the tri-flow in the spray can
1: now one of the things I really like about Acast as a server for our podcast is that we can put pictures up yeah. so I'm hoping we can get the picture up of your um, your waste day yeah. box
2: yeah put a picture yeah. in, picture and on there and one we'll one of we'll the things the that in.
1: stands out to me and you were talking about spraying down the uh, front chain rings and uh, is Pam Pam cooking oil. It, how do you use it's, that? It's,
2: it's actually, I mean, it's, that's one of the old-fashioned ones. that I've, I've had mixed luck with it, but for some reason, as you can see from the picture, PAM seems to always end up back in the box. And you have two, um, two cans of it. Well, two of everything. Two <laughs> oh, is okay. Two is one, one is none. Apparently, that's an old uh, um, old marine saying. It's You've know, you got to be redundant. But yeah, if, if, if you have things that you get through a lot of, like the Triflow in a can and, and the PAM, typically, you know, try and carry two bottles of it in case you run out. But, um, yeah, the PAM, it's, it's just super-duper greasy. And sometimes you can spray it on the bottom of your shoes to try and stop your shoes from attracting mud. And you can spray down your frame, like you can spray down your frame tubes um, and, and sort of a few different strategic points on the bike, like, you know, right up behind the fork where it joins onto the, to the frame. Like That's a, a pretty common place where mud will pile up on your bike. Spray that down with PAM and at least for a while the mud will kind of shed off until the, the PAM sort of gets depleted and it starts to fall off with the mud. But, you know, the, the object of the game with this stuff is, is your bike is going to get covered in crap and it's going to go downhill. You just want it to last as long as possible and be in as good a condition as possible when you get to the end of the race. And that's, you know, that, that is the difference, obviously, between the pros who are just getting full support and they're changing bikes every lap. Or in a disgusting race, you change bikes every half lap. You're just you know, just constantly switching to a new bike. But in a local race, you just turn up to a local race. You're not going to rope your friends or your kids or your wife or whatever into coming and in, pitting for you every weekend. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I, I imagine there probably are some who, oh, you know. yeah. And, you know, for maybe for an important race, like a state championship or something, you can could, you could talk your friends into coming, but you definitely can't get them to come every weekend and stand in the pit for you. It's just it's, it's unreasonable and idiotic. So you've got to make your bikes last. You've got to ride super smooth and super carefully and, and really baby your equipment whilst going as fast as possible. You know, it's a balancing act for sure. Now, do you
1: basically have enough equipment where you could build another bike?
2: At the race, or in this box? Oh God, no, no, no! The the box, you know, the um, the box that that I'm talking about. That I, from the story that I wrote last year, it's sort of just a contingency box. So you know, for me, I I will I'll turn up at a race, and I do have two bikes, um, and I'll I will have you know they'll be um, completely cleaned and completely tuned and ready to rumble. And then you know, I mean, once you're at the race, anything can go. Oh, thanks, darling. Um, you know, once you're at the race, you sort of, you know, you're committed. It, there, there's definitely a limit to how much junk you can bring to a race. And I mean, it, it just gets ridiculous. You have to have, you know, we're racing week in, week out. We work for a living. We're, you know, we're, we're you know, we're normal humans. We're not pro athletes. So you have to have systems that are, that are easy, reasonably easy to manage and repeatable. So for, you know, race weekend, your bikes are clean, they're tuned, you bring them to the race um, and, you know, then some stuff goes wrong. But at least hopefully you have two bikes and a little bit of equipment. But, you know, in Can the box... You
1: talk us through the list?
2: Yeah, well, in, in the box there's actually, um, you know, people will be able to read this story, after, you know, as, as part of uh, listening, listening to the show. But, um, you know, you just have like a simple set of tools, which I have a separate toolbox that, that, um, that is not part of my box but the box is just sort of like, you know, random stuff you may need. Like, for instance, for, you know, from right to left in the picture here, um, there's, there's obviously sealant. So if you just get like a little puncture or something in warm-up or if you get a puncture during a race, and maybe so you can talk someone into putting some sealant in your tire and sealing your tire up and giving your bike back to you. So, you know, you have, sealant's actually really handy. In Colorado, we have a lot of um, goat, the goat head. The, the, oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, is that what you call them? Does everyone oh, call yeah. them that, the sticker bushes? You know the, the the little super sticky prickles, um, they get in your tire and they give you a flat. But if you just put a little dab of sealant in your tire at a at a um, at a cross race, you put a little tiny dab of sealant in the tire and reinflate the tire, it'll be absolutely perfect. So sealant is a wonderful thing to have. It, it's it's absolutely essential. So you know, working across the list, WD forty. Um, it's it's a water repellent. It's a mild lubricant. It's sort of it. You know, it helps to to um, shed mud and junk like that. Uh, somewhere in there is de-icer. That, oh, yeah, there's a de- there's a can of the de-icer stuff. would be typically the stuff you put on the windshield of your car. But you can put that, you know, on your pedals or even on your rear cassette, um, places where, um, where, where ice, you know, in really cold conditions, ice or muddy ice would build up. And you need to, you know, you need to basically melt that stuff and get it off the bike. And, it, you know, at the beginning of a race, you can put things like um, like I said earlier, the tri triflow, the WD forty, or stuff like that. You try and hose your bike down with that stuff and get it as kind of as greasy as possible. So it takes longer for the stuff to stick to to your bike during the race. And it, 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 stuff will eventually stick to your bike, and you eventually, you know, it'll eventually pile up. But you're just trying to put that off for as long as possible. You're just trying to limit it as much as possible. So, you know, working our way over to the left. um, And
1: just to interject, I mean, I know some people really baby their bicycles. There's nothing in the de-icer that's going to hurt your equipment at all.
2: No, I don't know. It's it's glycol. Okay. I'm sure it's glycol-based. It's, you know, it's going to be a can of glycol with propellant because, you know, glycol is basically an, an alcohol or a methanol base. It's a... What is it? Yeah, something like that. I actually such no. Well, it's, I know it's glycol. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, same thing it's, in it's, your margarita. You? <laughs> it's it's um, it's water based, so it's it's not going to damage your bike too much. You know, some of the oils, you know, maybe I don't know if you got them on the the frame stickers of your bike or something. But it, you know, all of this stuff isn't going to hurt. Um, you know, most metals and most carbon fibers and uh, most it's carbon. It's not going to hurt your grupo or. No, oh gosh, no. And you know, with with. With cyclocross, you, you're always checking, you know, like the bearings in your derailleur pulleys and the bearings in your hubs and your, your bottom rack bearings and stuff like that. I mean, they're, they're going to get wrecked no, no matter what you put on your bike, so you're always checking that stuff and, and taking care of it anyway. So, um, you know, I, I don't think this, this accelerates the process in any meaningful way. So, um, you know, one thing that, that I have in the box for dry races is a can of silicon lube. It's silicon spray. So you can, use, you can use silicone spray, like I'll put a, just put a little dab of it on the bottom of my shoes and oftentimes spray down my pedals with it. So silicone spray dries, it sets up, it, it, um, it evaporates, and then the, the silicone lubricant's still on there. So it doesn't attract dust and dirt you know, when you're in a dry race. Um, so that's oftentimes what I'll put on my pedals to make my pedals engage really smoothly in a race. Um, TriFlow, uh, the TriFlow in a can is great. Just spray, you know, in a in a muddy race in particular, I would spray the you know my entire drivetrain down with with TriFlow, the, the the TriFlow in a can. It's just basically oil in a can, and it it helps to it helps to just keep the mud. From building up on your bike for and a little take, longer. you're
1: not taking the cloth and wiping this
2: down no you're no you're really you, leaving you it pile it late. on there and just let it drip and yeah put on as much as possible and you know then you obviously have the option to use to, to do pam with the same thing and you know i've got to admit that over the last couple of years i've used pam less and less and i've definitely got into situations where in but it looks great it's 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 <laughs> kind of hilarious and it is like it, it is a really it's kind of like one of those old-fashioned solutions that i just don't seem to be able to let like, go of but um Pam, is, PAM, like I said, is good for your frame tubes. It just it, it, it slows down the buildup of mud. Like, the, you know, the first couple of laps, the mud that hits your frame will just kind of fall off because your frame's so greasy. And it will eventually get lifted off as well and, and stop working. But, it's, you know, it's all about just kind of stretching, trying to stretch out the amount of time you've got on a bike before it just completely falls to bits. Um, one problem I've had with PAM is in really cold conditions, it's, you know, it's obviously vegetable oil. It just, it just sets up hard. And the spray uh, the spray bottle, the spray can doesn't work. Won't work. So if it's too cold, your cans of Pam are just goners. And I, I remember last year I had a can of Pam sitting on the desk in and sitting on the counter in my workshop all winter. And I would just go in there and try periodically to, to press the spray nozzle and it would never work. But then in about April, I went out there when it had warmed up. It didn't work all winter. It was completely seized up. Went out there in about April and finally got a warm day and... and just pressed it and it was completely fine and back to normal so yeah P- pam is pam's a bit iffy and i think you know there's two cans in the picture but i think i probably only have one at any given time now so yeah.
1: since 2013 Bombus has donated over 100 million socks underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness
0: cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com
2: you know other things you have there is you know a spare pair of cleats it's actually this is really rare but it's but it's a super easy fix every now and again you'll you'll um, have a cleat come loose on your shoes Mm-hmm. And that, that definitely happens, you know, there's a lot of stress on your cleats with all the contamination and junk when, you know, when you're constantly operating, clipping in and clipping out on a, on a cro- cross bike at a cross race and it's pretty common to, to um, yeah, lose a cleat or damage a cleat. Um, so I carry a, set, a spare set of cleats, um, right next to that it's hard to see but it's a picture of a, a little pile of toe spikes. So there's the toe spikes that you put in the, in the toes of your mountain bike shoes. They're metal toe spikes. Oh, yeah. And, and I, have, I have a few different lengths. Like, I'll get the CD toe spikes and grind them down to a couple of different lengths and just kind of decide which ones I'm going to use before a race. And I know that's kind of, like, wacky and nerdy, but, you know, if it's a super muddy crazy race or or um like typically for super muddy races i would run longer toe spikes because you just need that more extension but believe it or not for a snowy race where you're not picking up that much junk on the bottom of your shoes i will run shorter spikes because you'll still get really? yeah you'll still get the you know super positive traction from the steel spikes on snow and ice but you just don't have have that much lift like when you have spikes in your shoes uh, right. it feels really bad like running in your shoes feels really bad because the, the spikes hold hold your toes up off the ground a little higher and you know i've even been known to catch them on barriers and stuff if you if your spikes are too long and you're you know you're tired so i you know i put a little a tiny bit of thought into which the length of the toe spikes i run i know i know i know it's that's super nerdy um next thing along is a set of, set of derailleur hangers, which is absolutely a must-have. It's not negotiable. I don't want to talk about about it. Get spare derailleurs for your derailleur hangers for your bike, and carry them on you. Carry them in your spares so kit on your bike. You're not that you're carrying it on your bike. Oh, not in the race. No, but but you know, like you always need to have derailleur hangers when I train. Absolutely, like you in the got them with you in the spares kit that's on my bike. I have a derailleur hanger. Because you can change one in 90 seconds and it, and if you break off a derailleur hanger in training or something, you know, like I, I, I was riding with a friend the other day and she, um, you know, we, we were doing start practice in a park on wet grass and grass was kind of piling up in the derailleurs and stuff and uh, she eventually ripped her rear derailleur off. She had no derailleur hanger. She literally had to walk to the bus stop and scrounge $5 off, off somebody and, and catch the bus home. And... If she had had a, a derailleur hanger that costs, I don't know, 10 bucks or 15 bucks or something, weighs 5 grams and takes up absolutely no room, she could have fixed that problem and just been back on a bike. A derailleur hanger is something you absolutely carry all the time. No question. So, and, but... No, wait. Modern, you were with like,
1: her and you carry a derailleur hanger, but you
2: wouldn't give it to her. Well, they're all different. You need a derailleur hanger for your bike. Like, I have a, I have a Moots... You know, I've got a moots with a, with a specific derailleur hanger. Yeah, yeah, you're hilarious. <laughs> but you see where I'm going here. Um, yes, yeah, so just get the right derailleur yeah, hanger okay. for your bike. They're not all the same. <laughs> um you know other helpful things is is like a a roll of electrical tape you know you just you you um one one thing that happens a lot for me at races is i'll have little mishaps and little mistakes uh, during warm-up you know when i'm pre-riding the course or checking out the course or stuff like that that's when you sort of tend to have little issues you know when when you're riding the course for the first time and you hit something so i'll oftentimes hit course stakes and it'll cut my bar tape Ah. so so you know like you've you've Cut your cut your bar tape or something, and uh, it, it, just in pre-ride, so you've got a little bit of electrical tape. You know, oftentimes most of this stuff is just for getting your bike, you know, prepared and ready before the race. There's not pretty much nothing you can do once you're racing, but you know, like all all of these different things are are things that you would do before the race to help you get through the race. <laughs> now you do have an item in that picture that looks like a sandwich. Oh no, it's just a pile of rags. It's a pile of cloth. So yeah. No, you definitely need rags. So to wa-
1: just the angle I'm looking at the the screen from. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, funny. Okay. It, it looks it totally like, looks like it looks sandwich. like a creepy yellow sandwich. <laughs> 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 no,
2: no, that's just a pile of shop rags. So obviously use it to wipe mud and stuff down off your bike, and wipe your face when you're done and everything. I mean, you're, you know, you have to have rags on you. In, inside the box in this picture, you can see there's a couple of spare disc brake rotors. Yep. You know, if you if you fall and hit something and bend a rotor, you can just just pop that one off and stick on a new one. So, you know, the and. As I say in this story, you, your box is the, the, the box, you know, your, your kit for, for going to races like this is sort of an evolving thing. You might put something in there and never use it. And after, you know, like half a season of not having touched that item that you put in the box, you just pull it out and make room for something else. And then there's other items in there that you just use absolutely constantly. Like here in Colorado, I always use sealant at some point. At a couple of points during the season, I'll, I'll end up putting sealant. In my tires because I get to a course and there's goat heads or something and I'm worried about flatting, or I actually go out on pre ride in flat and have to have to repair a tire. And that's
1: do you ride tubeless or you go ahead and put that in regardless.
2: Well, yeah, in tubulars, you even use it in race tubulars, just, to, just as a, like a security measure. So, you know, obviously your lubes and your sprays, I use tons of those. Chain lubes, I, use, I get through tons of that. You know, it's really rare that I would use a, you know, I would um, need a spare set of cleats or a disc rotor, but you've got that stuff. They're sort of essential items that, you know, they're things that could happen, and it's a good, you know, it's and a good you idea to you take them out,
1: and you know it's going to happen.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you take them out of the box one time, and then that's the weekend it happens to you. How long did it take
1: you and through what experience did you come up with to have this uh,
2: lineup of equipment? The box? Well, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, this, my, my box theory is probably four or five years old now. I sort of started doing it a while back and just, you know, like I said, I just kept evolving where things that didn't get used got eliminated and things that were used constantly got you know i made sure they were in the box and anything that i that i deplete quickly like spray cans of lubes and stuff like this um the the Triflow and the pam and stuff like that i'll always make sure i have two cans of it which you know just and this is something realistically you really just kind of set up this box for the most part at the beginning of the cross season and then no. just then just kind of like make little adjustments to it as you go along this but, is
1: not your kit, your helmet, your shoes. Oh, your, gosh, no, yeah. no,
2: no, no. That's like a whole separate bag. You know, it's just, once again, cro- Cross is just so equipment intensive, and it's, you know, it can be kind of ridiculous. So you've got to have these little sort of, you know, pigeonholed categorized systems that, that work, or you're just never going to make it. No, I think we're good. I think we're good. Thanks, Thank so. you.
1: Just... Got some nice food here at Ruben's Burger Bistro.
2: Yeah, I might have to steal some of that. Yeah,
1: I'm fine with you doing that. And Get after a, it. These are nice looking food. Ruben's Burger Bistro, this is Just Like Butter. Michael Robson, George Thomas. My daughter's here at the table. <laughs> nice evening here.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. There's a lot of kids in here tonight. <laughs> so Must be kid night. Last night was industry night and we missed it.
1: <laughs> one thing I'm, I'm not seeing is tubes, tires, anything like that.
2: Oh, well, in, in the box... It, it, they know, are in there. Yeah, well, and for me, when I go to a race, I'm racing tubulars only. So, um, once again, you know, th- this is something yeah, as you soon would, As soon as I said,
1: do you, do you ride tubeless, yeah. I thought, no, it's Robson, he rides yeah. tubulas. No,
2: I, I, I ride tubulars to race, so, you know, any any bike that goes to, to a race with me is obviously going to have tubulars on it. But, you know, if you're a tubeless guy, you, you obviously keep everything you would need to, to set up a tubeless... Um, to set up a tubeless wheel or maybe a spare tube in case you burp a tubeless tire and you can't get it to reseat what about spokes things like that mm. don't worry about See, it. that that's when you're getting into you know more more diffi- difficult just, to handle catastrophic right. failures like it's you know these things are all just things that you could sort of fix on the fly at a race or right before right before you race i mean if you break a spoke in a wheel ugh. yeah <laughs> i've done it it's obnoxious but that you know that's when you say okay well i'm gonna you know i'll put that bike in the pit and ride the other bike, and ho- hopefully I can make the other bike last for the whole race.
1: How many people do you, would you estimate show up with two bikes? Do most people have two?
2: Mm, gosh, you know I, I don't, I know, I don't know the answer to that. I would like to say that um, I think less than 50% of people would have access to two bikes in a race. Um, a lot of those people would have, they would have a really nice... Um, a bike that's their favourite race bike, and then they would have their you know old old junky steel framed crosser that was given to them by Richard Gronendahl um, as their as their backup bike, and they wouldn't they wouldn't ride it in a million years unless they absolutely had to. It's just their, their absolute bailout option. And then you know a very a very precious few, I'd say it'd be a low percentage, maybe even less than ten percent, would have two bikes that are actually. Similar or identical, which you know, that I mean, and that's that's a that's pretty, um, that's a pretty sumptuous privilege to be able to have two expensive, nice bikes to ride, and you know, it's somewhat unrealistic. Hence, the point of trying to set your you know, if you have one bike, you know, it drives this point home that much more. You have to try and set your bike up at the beginning of a race, so it'll actually last for the entire race, no matter what the conditions and are.
1: Estimate again, just, I mean, how long are you thinking that, or from your experience, will this keep your bike clean, going Who knows, clean? it depends. I mean, like, I know that's
2: judgment. Problem. Yeah, yeah, well, you, you plan on getting dirty at a cross race, but, you know, for instance, at at, um, at the, C- the the Siena Race, lake, uh, the Siena Lake race that we just did on the weekend, it was it was a reasonably dry course with some muddy muddy spots and there was it was you know where it was muddy it was that really gloopy bentonite clay that piles up on your bike. Yeah. And I was you know just, I just I sort of thought through okay how do you how do I make one bike last through this entire race because you know even if you have two bikes pitting pitting is a time penalty because you don't have somebody standing in the pit with a bike for you ready to do any, do a bike exchange like the pros. You've got to ride into the pit and hang, and hang up your, your dirty bike on the bike racks and then go find your other bike, wherever it is, and pull it out of the rack. I mean, it's a penalty. It's a bailout option. You're yep. trying to make your, the, the one bike last for the entire race. So, um, you know, with the bentonite clay, it was definitely picking up. So I, I hosed the bike down with, with WD40, and uh, with not WD40, like with the Tri-Flow spray, and, and just made sure it was as it was as greasy as possible, so that it would last. And in in the race, you actually make decisions that are that are based on keeping the keeping your bike running too. It, and it's funny because w- when I go to a race and free freeride the course, and it's a muddy course, I will make decisions that are based on either keeping my shoes clean or keeping my bike clean. So if you ma- if if there's a big mud puddle or a big mud hole that you're gonna gonna ride through, you say, okay, either I'm gonna get off the bike and run through this mud puddle and keep my bike clean so it will last longer or I'm going to ride through the mud puddle and keep my shoes clean so that getting in and out of my shoes are gonna, will be easier and it's and you, you sort of think through this stuff a little bit and you make the best judgment call you can based on, on um, your best guess of how long you can make your equipment last.
1: Okay, goofy question for you. Please don't roll your eyes too far up. I'm already rolling my eyes. I'm already doing it. I'm thinking about your eyes eyewear, and I I just keep thinking of jockeys when it's a, a wet horse <laughs> and they're ripping their goggles off because they've got layers of or you can peel stuff. Yeah, what do you what do you recommend?
2: It's that's actually funny because um in in a lot of races and I didn't up,
1: see your eyes roll at all. Okay. Yeah,
2: no, no, that's that's actually a, a that's a great question and and it's probably one that no one really thinks to ask. Once again with the pros, you see the pros, they will wear glasses for the start when, when they're obviously racing in and around a lot of people and there's a lot of stuff flying around in a muddy race. They'll wear glasses for the first couple of laps and then your glasses will just get packed up with stuff and you can't see anything anymore and you're screwed. And they will ride, they will ride past the pit and just throw their glasses off and their mechanic will grab them. Um, and I have, I've done that a lot of times as well, um, You know, ridden the first few laps with glasses on. I have to admit this this year um, we my team is all on Oakley glasses, and i don 't know what it is about those friggin things, but I am yet to take my glasses off in a race really i 've ridden every lap of every race with glasses on so far, and i don 't know it 's absolutely phenomenal that you know the optics of those glasses are, are just head and shoulders above anything else. I've ever ridden, um, and the new the new Jawbreaker sunglasses, the the Oakleys that we're running, um, they have vents so they don't fog up. They have little vents in the lenses, um, and for some reason they just don't seem to get as covered in mud, spatter, and and junk as you would think. But typically, you know, if, if it gets, you know, I'm sure we'll eventually be in a race. Where we'll get really covered in stuff. Um, eventually, you will. You'll take off your glasses and. And uh, get rid of them, um, and just obviously go with nothing on. And you know, you get mud in your eyes and have to blink a little bit or something. But hey, man, it's cross. All right. <laughs> just kind of summarize. God, I would say you know just just click on the link that's here on uh, ACast and and have a look at that story, and kind of make it up for yourself. Like think you know think when you get get to a race at the beginning of the race, uh, think of. You know, just the few little elements you can take care of that will help, help you and your bike to last all the way through the race, considering that you don't have a pro mechanic standing in the pit waiting to hand you a, a fresh, sparkly, clean new bike.
1: Obviously, the most important piece of equipment to you derailleur hanger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, the derailleur hanger was a bit of a rant. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> no problem, but great time tonight here at Rubensburger Bistro in Boulder, Colorado. Any last words?
2: Get a derailleur hanger. All right. Get two derailleur hangers. (laughs) Two is one, one is none.
1: For Michael Robson, I'm George Thomas. Just like butter on over-the-top cycling.
0: Good night. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50